Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to this special webinar we're doing here with Andrew Cooper, very close friend of mine here, head of sales of Global E-Commerce Experts. Um, so today is going to be an amazing, uh, actually, webinar, even for me. We're going to be talking about, about very interesting topic, which is compliance. I mean, compliance is something that we know is similar to taxes. It's very complex sometimes. Sometimes it can get all over the head, but at the same time, it's super important when it comes to international expansion. And I know uh, our guys here, global e-commerce expert, are the top guys in the space when it comes to that. And that's why I wanted to bring Andrew today because he has a lot of knowledge when it comes to this. And lately, which that's actually something, having this conversation uh, before going live with the webinar, a lot of uh, people now consider more than ever going to Europe, especially brands from the U.S. Like we're having this uh, competitive uh, environment. Let's be honest, in the U.S. is getting more competitive than ever. And people is looking uh, Europe as a second opportunity. So now that that's the case, you know, at the same time, you need to be complying with all the rules. And that's what we're basically going to be touching on today. But, you know, before we jump into all of that, uh, I want to give you first a few minutes, uh, Andrew, to introduce yourself. And then, of course, uh, to get started with the webinar, yeah? Sure, absolutely. Vincenzo, always a pleasure. Um, thank you for having us on. It's always good to chat. Uh, hopefully, give over some knowledge um, and educational pieces. And today, as you mentioned, it's compliance. Everyone's favorite subject. Everyone loves talking about it. Why don't we be yeah, so um, yeah, we're going to be talking specifically about label and product compliance, um, the sort of first stage, as it were, for when you're thinking about expanding your brand internationally, is understanding if it, if it can be sold. So we're going to we'll dive into that in a minute. But yeah, a little bit about me, um, Drew Cooper, Andrew Cooper. I've sort of adopted the Drew name um, over the past sort of 12 months, as we've got a few Andrews here. Uh, and I'm often getting confused, um, sometimes positively and sometimes negatively, but call me what you like. Uh, but I've been with Global Commerce Experts now for coming up to three odd years. Uh, and we successfully helped multiple brands expand into Europe. Uh, so that's uh, that's currently what we're doing. And we're, uh, we're on a mission to continue that journey. So, yeah, glad to be here. Thank you as ever. And looking forward to it. Pleasure, Andrew. Thank you for being here. So, um... Yeah, I mean, today's uh, topic, as we say, um, is going to be very interesting because, you know, even for myself, I feel like there is a lot of moving parts when it comes to compliance. I mean, we're talking that it's not only to do with the actual labeling, but it's also things to do with, for example, the responsible person in Europe, which is something we're going to be talking today. That's also a very interesting topic. And also the compliance itself when it comes to uh, even the sometimes there's translation when it comes to these labels, yeah. you know, because different countries when it comes to Europe specifically, uh, different languages. So that's also something most likely people are going to have questions about how to navigate. But I guess with the first question, 
uh, uh, for you when when it comes to a brand that is coming from the US, like I know you're going to be doing a presentation, but just to set the ground, like when do you think is 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 the right moment to start thinking about compliance in the first place? Um, and then I'm going to start putting your presentation on the screen because I think like, I feel a lot of people do the expansion and then they realize they have to do the compliance and then they get stuck in the, in the process. So I will say how many yeah. months in advance, maybe you will say this is a conversation you need to start having when it comes to expansion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the product compliance piece, um, imperative that it happens very early on. So, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about expanding or, you know, you've been recommended or you've got some support from you know, Amazon's example to do it, make that your first step. Now, uh, I'll come on to sort of the process a bit later, but the earlier you do this, the better, because okay. it does one of two things. One, it, it, it um, understands whether your product can be sold or not. Now, that's the key bit here, because if you have some label compliance completed by a company and, you un and then you um, find out that the product can't be sold, then potentially yeah. you could have gone through a lot more cost, used a lot more energy, absorbed a lot more resource in taking your product to market to then understand that it's got an ingredient in it that you're not allowed to sell in the UK. And by extracting that ingredient makes your product not what you've designed or you're branding it for. Exactly. So then you have to stop the whole thing altogether. So definitely do this as early as possible. Um, get it done, understand, learn from it, and then you can then uh, you know adopt those changes and that knowledge that you've gained across your other product categories if you've got them. The second piece to that is just is to make sure that you're not going to go through, you know, uh, a rebranding or you're not going to, you know, go through the manufacturing stage of your packaging before you need changes to mm -hmm. be made. Because, you again, you add an extra course, you add an extra, extra resource to do that. By doing this, you can often, you know, make amendments or removals from your packaging to be okay in multiple countries. So you don't have to have, you know, packaging for the US and packaging for, you know, UAE and packaging for Europe. Exactly. You can you can often make it so that, you know, you can use one or maybe two packaging options for your international expansion. Awesome. As early awesome. as possible. It's a very short answer. Very good. Yeah. And that, that's an amazing uh, insight because I think what you, you just described right there is you don't know how many times I have a call with a client that they went through all the process of manufacturing products yeah. and everything. And they say, oh, I'm ready to go to the UK. I'm ready to go to Italy. And they say, okay, guys, but everything you did on the packaging and compliance is wrong. Like we need to go back to the drawing board. And yes, I agree. Like the, the earliest you can do it, the better for sure. So yeah. um, I guess now you're going to do, a, I can see the presentation here on the screen. We're going to go through all the insights you're going to be sharing with us. So yeah. Please, yeah, uh, sure. feel free to get started, yeah. So, yeah, thank you. I mean, it's a short presentation. Um, I've tried to pick out some key bits here, which are going to be maybe familiar to people. There's going to be some terminology in here which I can explain, but people are likely to have heard of, and therefore, or, you know, it's going to be familiar, and they're going to be, you know, to understand it um, in a way that makes sense for Europe. Um, <clears throat> so... This sort of go is, is I'm backtracking a little bit. So this is this first um, slide is about what is product compliance. You know what what does it mean? Um, why do you have to do it? Really, I suppose. Now, essentially, it's several things. One is to ensure that your label is compliant. So you make sure that your packaging of your product is appropriately labeled for the market in which you're going to move into. 
So you haven't got anything on there that's deemed, you know, inappropriate or against regulations. No. That's the key bit here. These, and then you're talking about, um, you're then going to need things like, um, depends on your product category, you're going to need registrations. You know, if you've got a medical device, you're going to need to register that. If you've got, um, you know, a cosmetic product, you're going to need to have a product information file audited, and then you're going to need to register that product on, on, you know, on some regulatory bodies throughout Europe. Um, but in its simplest form, it's really about making sure that your product can be sold multiple countries in Europe by making the minimal amount of changes or additions or removals to that label and make it as easy as possible for the brand owner to enter multiple markets with ease and without significant cost and without changing the aesthetics of their product packaging. You know, that's super important here. When I'm speaking to people quite often, one of the first questions will be, but I don't want to change my packaging. I, I, exactly. I like it. You know, I don't want to have to, you know, take down a logo and I don't want to have to move stuff around because I spent so long, you know, um, crafting this. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and that is 99.9% .9 of the time, it's not required. This is small changes in the main or small additions to it in order to satisfy uh, the US in particular, that's our main client base, um, and UK and European regulations. So it's not about necessarily making lots of changes. This is a simple step, as it were, yeah. to lots of different terminology and lots of buzzwords and, and you know, makes people think that there's lots of stuff to do. But essentially, it's making it compliant for the UK and Europe. Nice. I, I guess one question uh, most likely people may have regarding this is when it comes to the compliance, uh, I know we refer Europe as a whole, yeah. but will you say um, some of these specific requirements you're showing here on the screen may vary depending on the country or there are specific uh, scenarios where one of them could be valid across the whole European Union? Like how does it work in that perspective? Yeah, yeah it's a great question. So. Um, since we, I mean, it keeps rearing its head, it doesn't help Brexit, but since we uh, made the right hand <laughs> of uh, leaving the European Union, it means yeah. that a lot of these pits on here, so you will take a couple of these as an example, so medical registration, you yep. need to do that in the UK and in Europe. Okay. So, <clears throat> but because obviously Europe's still one, you know, one unit and, and um, you can just make one registration in Europe and it'll be satisfactory okay. for, uh, you know, all of the countries in the pan-EU. And it's a set, the same goes for, for all of these, actually, that, you know, the, the CPMP portal, you have a cosmetic product notification portal for Europe, and then you have one, oh, actually, you have one for the UK, but um, for UK piece as well. So they're separate, but they're not arduous. They're not country specific in the main. Um, and we could, we could go right down a rabbit hole and start talking about some really complex products, but generally they're not seen um, in, in this space anyway, where there's different um, regulations required per country, but very, very rare. This is the most basic and normal form that nine, nine times out of 10, uh, these are the areas where people would need to be involved. Very good, very good. And also you mentioned there's something very interesting, which I have seen a lot actually in pros lately, which is the fact that you, you're right, like the packaging doesn't have to be customized a lot. In fact, I have seen a lot lately, like people in rather than printing a new packaging, they just put a sticker on top sometimes of the packaging and stuff like that, right? Like that could be a, a easy fix as well, right? It's not very Absolutely. expensive. And it's actually yep. um, a recommendation of ours. If you're, when you're launching, of course, you're going to be making a heavy investment in 
making sure your products are fit for sale and getting VAT registered and, yeah. and all that jazz. Then you're going to make an even more significant investment in purchasing stock to send halfway around the world generally. So what we what we recommend um, when we're talking to people about product label compliance is make your first shipment or your first two or three shipments as easy as possible by doing exactly that, Vincenzo. Use an over sticker, you know, use use an insert, use something where you're not going to have to then rerun your packaging. And you're exactly. not going to have to get somebody in your domestic country to repackage all your goods. You know, we're you know we 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 definitely don't recommend doing that in the early stages unless you're yeah. unless you're expanding with a significant amount of mm. stock and all back in and you know you've got this um you know extravagant expansion plan to start with uh, yeah. definitely take take the easy steps uh first and foremost awesome um great so um, i guess in, in terms of um another question sorry i just want to make sure we, no we clarify that as well like is there a specific um order you will go about attacking a uh, regulation so it's like is there a specific regulation you need to attack before or wants to like like I, I in the in the sense of criteria like are there compliance mm -hmm. that you need to take one box to get to the next compliance so you can work on all of them regardless of uh, your status like um yeah so if i just swing back to that slide quick so obviously all of these this is just a sample of the, of the regulations exactly. that are appropriate to some products they're not all appropriate to all products of so course. in answer to your question dependent on um the complexity of the product you're you're selling and when i say complexity i mean is it a higher risk product exactly. or is it just a general product you know if you're talking about you know, a coaster that you put a glass on, you know, to stop the table yeah, yeah. getting there. Yeah, that's going to be a yeah. general product. So in which case you need a label review and then you need an address on your label. And then you don't need to register it anywhere. You don't need to, the, the likelihood of making any real amendments to your label are slim. And then you get <laughs> a UK or European address and you can start selling it. If you've got yeah. a, you know, if you're, if you're trying to register a medicine, you know, something that, mm. um, you know, that's, of course, far more complex. And there's a lot of maybe additional testing that need to be required in order to do okay. that. So, yes, there's steps in that instance. Nice. But again, okay. if we're talking about medicines and we're going down that medicinal route, as an example, uh, yep. you know, or we're registering a medical device, then if, then the, the brand would have gone through similar registrations and similar testing in their domestic country anyway. So yeah. it, it's unlike when we get to those sorts of ca um, product categories, the clients are generally familiar with what that looks like because, you know, I, mean, I don't know of any country where you can just start selling a medicine, um, you know, freely on the open market without having to <laughs> at least get it tested. So, yeah, of but most of these right. are most of these um, registrations or compliance pieces are one off yeah. and they come off okay. the back of having a compliant label. Exactly. Okay, good. Very good. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I just wanted to, we sort of spoke about this a little bit, but I wanted to touch on like, what is a label review? Um, there's there's sometimes some um, questions surrounding the product label review. Are you testing my product? You know, are, are you taking my product into a laboratory and then conducting the tests that I've already had done multiple times in my domestic country? The answer is no, this isn't about the product itself. You know, what's going on your label is the piece of work as the brand owner that they know far more about than, than anybody else because they've created this product. They've gone through the makeup and entered the ingredients to make it fit for, 
you know, what they're trying to achieve of their brand, they know that. They then transpose that information onto a label, of course, to then educate the end user and satisfy mm-hmm. the regulations and all that jazz. But they're, whether they're, what they're printing on their label is what a label review is looking for. So we're not going to question um, what's in there. We're not going to question, um, you know, that shouldn't be in there unless it's an ingredient that can't be sold, of course, because that's the idea of it. But the actual makeup of the product itself and, um, you know, what material it's made out of, we're not looking for that. We're just making sure that what you're using in it, on it, with it, is okay for sale, you know, without any boundaries. Mm. So we're looking for things like, you know, specific ingredients in there that are on maybe on the novel food list in the UK and Europe, which means that they yeah. can't be sold. We're looking for specific claims or wording that's, you know, deems it, puts it into a different category, you know. Yeah. Um, just to give you an example of that, if we're talking about, you know, a face cream, there's an example, cosmetic face cream, and we're saying, you know, um, reduces the appearance of wrinkles, yeah. Okay. That that be maybe deemed as a cosmetic product. If that said removes wrinkles, mm. then saying the same thing, let's put it into another level, which is then well, is it a medicine? Is it a so it's just it's making sure that it's appropriate. And quite often, you know, we'll we'll obviously suggest to the client of maybe rewording them if it puts them into that category. So that's where the support piece comes in to say, look, you can't have that. Because, or you can have it, but then you're going to need to go down this route in order to register it as a medicine. If you choose to use this wording, then it will remain a cosmetic or it will okay. remain a general product. And then subsequently, you know, you can sell it without, you know, going down any more arduous routes. Okay. And, that, yeah, and we're then looking for specific t- terminology and what category it fits in and then any formulas that are made in it. And if there's any markings that are required. So... I mean, the, the the UK and EU um, way they're changing or their focus on regulations at the minute and deciding when to put stuff on and when not to put stuff on changes like the wind. So <laughs> things yeah. like the UK CA mark came out of Brexit. Okay, well now we're a we're a standalone country and we want to have recognised as having a UK CA mark instead of a CE mark, which is mm-hmm. the same standard, by the way. Um, but we we run the UKCA, like, and then so they say, right, well, anyone who's now in Europe by this by January two thousand and twenty four is going to need a UKCA as well as the CE mark. Now they've scrapped that all together, and there's no intention of, or well, they haven't given a date when they're going to relaunch that. Things like that, where you know we can we'll, we'll support the client and educate what they do and don't need on their labels, images, recycling images, um, all that sort of stuff, and then we'll provide a report which will um, detail all of that information and, and put mm. them in a position where should they make those adjustments, then their products can be freely sold on the European market. Very good. You mentioned there's something very interesting, which is actually makes sense. The fact that, you know, unfortunately, uh, as we stand, like, uh, especially after Brexit, things are moving very fast here in the UK. And my question to you is basically when it comes to lab- labeling, for example, and compliance, will you say then that as we stand mm-hmm. right now, at least in the UK, this is something that then you need to check on a monthly basis to see if you're still compliant? Because it seems like it could be that in, if you're doing something today, maybe in two months, you're not complying anymore. You need to go back to a drawing bar- board, change yeah. the packaging. So have you seen that happening a lot lately? With, with the, yeah, with I the wouldn't name? say. I mean, it's not a 
fortunately, they don't change things. Um, okay. They don't change things a lot. What they tend to do is either say, we're going to do that and then don't do it or keep pushing okay. it back or okay. they will or they will add stuff. So they'll, you know, as an example of that, like the novel food list, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll add on a new ingredient that they, okay. some labs tested and deemed it not appropriate. So sometimes they'll, they'll make those amendments. Um, but there's something, there's something called a declaration of conformity. And again, without going into too much detail, people yeah, are more than welcome to reach out to me. Um, if they, if any of these words, um, you know, interesting and they want to find out more, no problems with that. But the declaration of conformity is a, is the CE, you know, rubber, rubber stamp from a client's perspective that they conform to the mm-hmm. European regulation. So as part of the process, the client will have to make that declaration and say, well, my product now conforms. But what that mm-hmm. isn't yeah. is a, is a, okay, I can now sell it for the next 15 years and <laughs> exactly. it'll be absolutely okay. Because this is yeah. about when those changes come out that you're mentioning, that they keep up to date with them, uh, which I'll come back to in a minute, and make sure that if there is anything that's appropriate to their product, that they they make those adjust- adjustments or removals or additions as and when they come about. Now, part of the so the, the prerequisite of the label review is a is a responsible person, which we'll touch on in a minute. Which is once you've got a compliant label, then having somebody in the UK and Europe to help you. Part of our obligation um, as a responsible person from conducting the label review and then representing the client is that we update you on all of those changes. So okay. um, that's quite a long-winded way of, of answering your question, Vincenzo. But yes, they do need to. But will they have somebody to support them with it? Yes, they will, which is essentially us. Okay. Very very good. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. So... Um, this is uh, just a, a quick illustration, really, of like what how it happens um, and what the process is from a compliance perspective. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, in order to you know make their goods compliant, we've sort of touched on this, so I'm gonna, I'll make this slide uh, pretty snappy because it gives a couple of examples on there of you know the wording and stuff that you can't do, and that's really critical. Is that you know often what we find, particularly from our US clients. Um, are fortunately for the client that the regulations in the US tend to be a little bit more relaxed than the UK and Europe, which is fantastic from a sales perspective and the ability to be able to move goods through the US. But when they come to the UK, there's often some, you know, some words on there which we need to change. And that's, that's what, you know, we'll be looking for specifically, we'll be looking for those to be um, positively and um, manipulated to be able to sell in both regions. And again, I'll, I'll repeat myself from earlier a bit, but you know, we're not talking here about having two separate labels necessarily. We're exactly. talking about having one unified label for access to you know, three quarters of a, a billion more people without having to make significant changes to your label. Interesting. And I guess, him just to make a quick uh, parenthesis here, it could be then if you're more in like supplements and things are more delicate, then potentially you could you will need to change even the form the formulation in some instances just to comply with Europe. And you may have two different products in terms of formulation when it comes to US and Europe. That could happen as well, right? Yes, it could. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know as it's really really prominent that we're having this discussion about compliance at the moment because there's a lot of stuff happening specifically in Amazon as well about making sure that put there's a clamp down exactly. as well on, on, on 
on products and it is getting more um you know even over the past two years it's got more important to ensure that things like ingredients are appropriate mm-hmm. so yes there is there, from time to time then the formulation will have to be amended fortunately okay. it's not super common um you know the in in the most common uh, amendment that needs to be made is in fact the reduction of it you know things that i'm trying to I think see. of um for my head of an example of it but i can't um i think so that with sugar i know sometimes the sugar control and things like that, yes. that. yeah mm-hmm. yeah if they've yeah. got an ingredient there's limits you know there's up safe upper limits in the europe which may be slightly different to another country in which case yeah, you yeah. need to reduce that in order to sell it which providing it doesn't um, you know, conflict with what the client's trying to achieve by selling their exactly. product, generally it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, overall. Yeah. Okay, very good. Awesome. Uh, and then your point here, Vincenzo, you mentioned earlier about the translations. Um, and there's, there's a bit of a myth buster here. So a common misconception of translations is that, okay, well, I want to, I'm currently selling in, uh, in Canada and I want to move my product into Europe. And there's like, eight, 10 countries in Europe, <laughs> all yeah. different languages. What, this is going to be an absolute nightmare. I'm selling a little bottle, you know, a little bottle of this yeah, yeah. thing there. How on earth am I going to fit eight languages exactly. on there? Like, it's just, this is crazy. I can't, you know, I haven't got the ability to be able to manufacture, you know, <clears throat> or, you know, recreate eight different labels and, and label eight different products. Um, but the, the answer to this is you only need to translate your label into the countries where you're storing goods that's the mm-hmm. first and foremost area here so if you're looking to to put them in a german fba as an example and use a free pl in germany and then you want to distribute your goods from germany d to c to the rest of europe you can just have them translated into german interesting um if you want to sell uh, on you know pan eu within amazon as an example then you need to going to have translations in all of those countries Okay. It's really important to note that it's not your label in its entirety in most cases. It depends on product category, but quite often you can just have the key things translated, ingredients, claims, instructions for use. Hmm. You don't need to start going down having, you know, and again, changing the aesthetics of your product and making it, um, you know, non-saleable yeah. from your perspective. <laughs> you can just yeah. change the key areas and then, and then, do it either by using a peel and reveal label, super common in Europe. Or a QR code, maybe. Could you use like a QR code, maybe? Or is that not allowed, like a QR code? So that's a really great question. So a QR yeah. code, yes, for some information, but it's not recognized throughout Europe yet as being satisfactory oh, okay. for the compliance okay. areas. But I, I honestly don't think that's far away. You know, the... Yeah. I think, you know, we're we're well behind the times. If we're, if we're saying, which we are, that... It's not satisfactory for all the information. I mean, who doesn't have a phone <laughs> with a camera now, right? Exactly. You know, Everything's like you're a code now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, more yeah. likely to use that than you are peel out a bit of paper from the box and read it. So exactly. Um, but no is the answer. But yeah, peel and reveal label, super common. An insert, su- um, super common. Cost-effective way of doing it. You can get multiple languages on it. Exactly. Um, or you can, if you've got a product which has got a big enough packaging, you know, have several languages on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's generally on the back. I'll keep referring to that. It's generally on the back or inside. And then yeah. depending on your product category is what, what needs to be translated. Awesome. Very good. <clears throat> and then, so the responsible person, quite a, quite a heavy 
um, slide here, lots of information on it. But <laughs> um, yeah. essentially, so once you've once you've got a compliant product, you then need somebody in the region to represent you for mm. as a responsible person. At the very least, you'll need a, a UK or EU address on the label. Now, again, dependent on the product category, there's different terminology for this. So, you know, for a CE mark products, the correct terminology is responsible person. If you've got a food supplement, it's a food business operator uh, or an authorized representative. Um, they're all, they essentially mean the same thing, which is somebody in the region that's responsible, jointly responsible for the compliance of your product. So yeah. the process here would be get a compliant product, have a label review done, instruct someone to be your responsible person who knows what they're doing. That's a really key bit here. Once you've got them two pieces, then you'd need to you'd need to print that address on your packaging for your responsible person, and then you can start selling it. That's the product compliance piece essentially done. And what mm -hmm. that responsible person is, is somebody to support you with the updates that we mentioned earlier, Vincenzo. If there's anything that you need to know about, you know, regulation changes, um, you know, safe upper limit levels decreased or increased um, quite often, um, you know, or there's some heavy product recalls on a, on a type of product, you know, they, they will, they will, um, they will reach out and let you know about those changes. And then we can, we support to make mm -hmm. them essentially. The second piece to it is if you have, if the regulators or the governing bodies want to see the product because mm -hmm. it's had, I mean, it's very rare that it happens fortunately, but there are multiple complaints about products and they want to come and make sure that, you know, exactly. that it is, it is what you say it is then we would act on your behalf or your responsible person. I keep referring to us, but of course there's multiple people we can support, but yeah, your responsible person will support um, you by, by dealing with that regulatory body to show them the product and also the accompanying documentation, which is what we would collect from you once we're representing you and give that to the regulatory body and support them with that process. So I, I use the responsible person, although mm -hmm. it's in, necessity you need it i liken it to an insurance policy all of the time that you're not using it which is a good thing by the way all the time you're not using it it's just sat there in the background and you've got a label on your product but you're happily selling and it's all okay the rare occasion that something would go wrong is when it's an absolute godsend and for our clients who have experienced listings being pulled down you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, Amazon just just wiping out their entire catalogue because one of their products is deemed as non-compliant. Exactly. You know, it's worth in order to get that reinstated, as you well know, Vincenzo, can be a really difficult and arduous task sometimes. But being able to evidence to them quickly that is the product compliant. Yeah, like we're yeah. I've got a responsible person here, like what's the problem? And get the documentation to them quickly um is is just you know, is is super effective, super efficient for our clients. Yeah. Now, um, you you mentioned something on this slide which I found very interesting, even for me, and that's why I, I knew I was going to learn something new here. That you mentioned UK sellers don't need a responsible person service because they have a UK address. So apparently, that's a mistake. So can you give me more insights about that? Uh, so uh, what what does it mean with that sentence, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what what I mean by that is there's um. Best way to explain. So there, there's a lot of companies out there who mm -hmm. uh, claiming to be a responsible person and just registering a, a UK business 
and mm-hmm. um, you know having a like a flat or a, you know a bed sitting yeah an address or and yeah. there's no you know nobody may even be living there yeah but it's a UK address then selling the responsible person service extremely cheap but you're I satisfying see. in advertent commas you're satisfying the fact that you've got a UK address on your product that piece, that piece is done and that piece you know you you could you know you could sell for a week before that gets um, caught up or you could be selling for years. Like it's one of those things that you see it on there. Yes, it's compliant. We move on. The problem is with that is that it's one, it's not an actual responsible person and two, they're not knowledgeable and um, they don't have the education in order to support. Mm-hmm. But two, should anything go wrong, it's not a real place, you know? So mm-hmm. what, 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 I don't, I don't mean that, you know, if you've got a, reg- a legitimate registered business in the UK and so. you can represent yourself. So, that that piece is okay this is about identifying when you're looking to expand into the uk and europe is using a reputable company who's actually got the ability to represent you not just say they're going to do it because they're they're polar opposite two completely different things um and there's things like you know when we talk about the food business operator which is the food supplement side of responsible Mm -hmm. person you actually need to be registered for that so if you're saying you need to be a registered business and registered in order to operate as Mm -hmm. as an fbo so um, that's really about just understanding that don't cost isn't important. Here. You're paying for a really, really important service with your service provider of your choice. You're paying for a really important service that ensures that you have longevity in sales of your product. Very good. And when it comes to getting basically and finding this uh, responsible person like you as, a, as an international seller, do you need to have some documentation in hand to be able to uh, officially get this person on board uh, with you and be your representative? Like, is there some checklist you have to go through so that person can officially give you the service as a responsible person? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think. Um, so, what from the client's perspective? Yeah. Exactly. From yeah. the client's perspective. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So, um, the in its most basic form what we need is manufacturing documentation. So if you're okay. selling a general product and you're about to have it manufactured in China, obviously they'll have a risk assessment and a manufacturing process for those goods. Yeah, from start mm-hmm. to finish, they'll document what that process looks like. That's the piece of information that we require. Um, okay. it, that, that's a standard document. And that will be, unless somebody's manufacturing their product in, you know, in their the gap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, they're, and, they're, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, fair play if they are, but if they're doing that and there is no process for it, then yeah, it'd yeah. be really tricky for somebody to represent them because there's no evidence of the process, but that's the most basic form. And then dependent on product category will be other documentation. So testing documentation, you know, for cosmetics, there's lots of cosmetic documentation. Um, yeah, ingredients, um, you know, we need um, you know, various files for different things. So, but yeah, in the main, uh, that document and obviously the Declaration of Conformity, which is the CE marking piece, but that is, that's not a standard document that you that you apply for or you, um, you know, you achieve. It's the client's confirmation that they're going to comply. Okay, very good. And which, by the way, just to also mention to everybody now on the webinar, I can see a few people here on the webinar with us. Make sure that if you have any questions for Andrew, leave them on the chat so we can also towards then answer those for you. Okay. Uh, awesome. Yeah, Andrew, thank you. You can continue. Brilliant. 
Um, okay, and then we're, we're coming towards the end of the slides here, so um, we'll be able to open up some questions if there is any. But <clears throat> we spoke about registrations, and one of the common questions I get is, I'm really worried about the testing of these documents when I, exactly. if I in Europe, and I'm worried about the registration of them. And I think it's because there's there is a misconception that I want to go international, I want to sell you know elsewhere in the world, and I'm going to have to redo or do mm, all of yeah. the stuff that I've already done, or I'm going to have to go through this whole myriad of testing of yeah, my product. Yeah, huge headache. Yeah, yeah putting yeah. in labs and stuff like that, and that's really not the case. Um, you know, the often the testing that's already been done at manufacturing stage is appropriate. It's just making sure that, as I mentioned, the label that's is correct. compliant. But mm -hmm. if there are registrations that need to be done, there is very few. So you've got the cosmetic registrations, and the cosmetic CPMP, a cosmetic product notification portal, they need to be registered because they're cosmetics and obviously they're coming into contact with the skin. And then you have um, member state registrations in Europe for food supplements in some countries, not all. So yeah. outside of that, the only other thing would be medicines or medical devices, but of course they're slightly more tricky and a bit more specialist. And often of the course. clients are really well versed on what they need to do with those products because they would have done similar stuff before. But outside of those, 90% of products don't need any registration. Very rarely mm. do they need any additional testing. It's simply going through to make sure that they can be sold. So yeah. I was wondering- You mentioned that, uh, yeah, that's super important, the testing, because I also get the question a lot like, yeah, I cannot expand to Europe because I cannot afford paying, again, the labs to do the testing yeah. everything. It's like, if you already did it in the US, and most likely the labs you use in the US are, are, are created internationally, like you you can revalidate the same test. Like you don't need to do it again, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, totally, um, very, very rare. Uh, <clears throat> and then this uh, final just for process. So really just to simplify it, um, I think that's a really critical thing. If people are looking to expand into Europe, mm -hmm. This, as soon as you mention well compliance, um, it's almost a, a headache and, and people think it's going to take me weeks and months to do. The process for having a label of you completed, uh, we received a label in a PDF format or similar document or similar file type. We then mm -hmm. receive it and we um, produce a review for the client. Uh, the maximum time frame for that is three weeks. The client yes. then receives that report back and then they make any changes if required. And then we receive that compliant label back again in a PDF or different similar file format. And we then collect the documentation and a, and a um, compliant label and we sign off a responsible person. So the process mm -hmm. is very simple. Um, it's um, arduous free from a client's perspective. They don't, there's very, very little they need to do apart from review it and then make any changes. And then once you've got that, you're then good for sales. You can start shipping your product. So really, really, really simple process. Awesome. Very good. Um, and that's uh, that's me, Vincenzo. So I think um, hopefully that sort of wrapped up a nice little um, overview yeah. of the compliance. Yeah, you did an amazing job. Thank you so much for the presentation. Even myself, uh, I learned something new, specifically the UK mistake. Like that's something I didn't know that was happening. So very good to be aware of that. I guess from from my side, so I can start making some questions in in case anybody uh, nobody from the webinar right now has uh, questions. Mm -hmm. Is regarding the address because yeah. I get this question a lot on the calls. I'm sure maybe somebody uh, now on on the webinar with us may have this question as well. In case they don't ask, uh, is regarding how you put this address. 
regarding on, on, on what you put on, on the packaging because I know you sometimes you have to have this address in the packaging but people ask which address should be should be mine in the US should be my responsible person one should be my warehouse like what address you should be putting from a compliance perspective based on your knowledge on that yeah with that yeah sure so um the a lot of clients obviously want to have their often will have their US address on they don't need to replace that you can have multiple addresses on the label the way that we um require the our address when we're a responsible person is just your business name and in care of our address um so you don't need to again from a, an aesthetic perspective excuse me yeah, it's not going to change anything um you just need to in its most basic form but it will be um, if you're using global e-commerce experts as an example, you'd have our UK address on there and then you'd have our European address next to it or under it um, to satisfy both of those regions. And just for, for, for to visualize it, it's three millimeters um, is the size of the address that needs to be in your product. So we're not talking about having some, you know, horrific. Yeah. <laughs> A poster card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we can, it doesn't need to be big. Uh, and equally, awesome. there's different places you can put it as well. So awesome. So I guess the address in summary would be from the responsible person most of the time, the one you would put there, right? Yes, in correct. This. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Awesome. So yeah, I think that was uh, my main question. I think other than that, you did an amazing job with the presentation. I'm sure some people may have uh, some questions to follow up as they go through the presentation uh, once more uh, after we release the recording um, and get back to you. So tell us a little bit how people can get in touch uh, and basically start with global e-commerce experts because I know it's one of the specialities you guys do. So how people could work with you when it comes to all this, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we're, a, we're an end-to-end -end solution for uh, e-commerce growth in Europe. So mm -hmm. um, product and label compliance is just one area. But if you'd like to find out more, um, certainly free consultation, find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can scan a QR, QR code there or send me an email, however you like. I'm more than happy and delighted to, to help educate um, and support you with your expansion. Um, we've got one more thing I wanted to add, Vincenzo. There's been a... Yeah. A bit of news within Amazon about uh, they used to always, always oh, news. Yeah. Is that <laughs> oh, okay. No, cool. no. Yeah, so they, um, no, I was saying that when it comes to Amazon, they always uh, news, you know, they always things change. So I'm just making a joke there. <laughs> no, no worries. Yeah. So they, they're currently offering responsible person services uh, for CMART products in Europe. And they um started it a little while ago and they've now ceased that as of the 31st of march 2024 exactly. um because <clears throat> and although I, I don't have any um inside insight my assumption would be that it's they haven't got the the ability to resource or maybe even the knowledge to be able to deal with it when it actually you know it's okay to say we can do this or somebody can say that they can act but actually being able to do it um mm -hmm is uh, is another thing so um as part of that we're offering uh, if you're if you're in that circle and you've got company using amazon for responsible personal service in europe and you'd like to reach out and let us know we're offering 50 percent off of our services um to wow. ensure that you've got that address in europe so you don't you won't have to have your listing stopped come the end of march next year because as we all know it's disastrous so uh, if that's you or you want to find out more let me know Thank you so much, Andrew. So yeah, a amazing promotion. So even myself, I'm gonna see if I can use it for some of our clients. So thank you for that. 
And other than that, I want to thank you for being here on, on this uh, webinar. Uh, you know, the content share here was amazing, so I appreciate that. And for everybody watching, like, guys, please reach out to Glory Commerce experts. I've been knowing these guys for a long time. They know their stuff, top guys in Europe when it comes to expansion. So, yeah, make sure you you get your labels right. <laughs> okay. Been a pleasure, guys. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. See you in thank the next you. one. Have a nice one. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.